Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, this is Allison Kay. It is always a joy and privilege when you tune in and listen to Disruptive CEO Nation. And I'd like to say I'm always excited about all my guests, but this one has a special expertise that I can't wait for you to hear. So when we talk to innovators and entrepreneurs and business builders, they're very enthusiastic about bringing forward products that change the world. And sometimes the way to be innovative and change the world is to work with governments. And so we have an exciting and wonderful entrepreneur and business owner who has been able to secure over $50 million in government contract awards. And she's with us today to demystify the process and help provide tips. And I really believe she's somebody that you need to know. So I would love to welcome Dr. Kizzy Parks to the program. Kizzy, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Allison. This is awesome. I'm excited to be here today. So as we get to know our, our entrepreneurs and our, our business builders, um, because you just don't overnight suddenly get this kind of expertise, just take us a few steps back and tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So when I was a little girl, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and then I was going to earn a PhD in psychology. Like I always knew these two things. And so Fast forward, when I was in graduate school for a PhD in industrial organizational psychology in Central Florida, there was an opportunity to become a, to apply for a research fellowship at Mm -hmm. now Patrick Space Force. And it was toward like the very last part of my um, PhD journey. I was in the role, I was working on data analytics and doing a lot of work around diversity and inclusion. And literally right before I was to graduate, the director of research came up to me. And until that point, I had worked in 1099 positions. I had worked behind the scenes for consulting firms. You know, I was in this position and he said to me, I want you to stay on as a contractor because I heard you're graduating. And I was like, whoa, I I thought I was going to be an entrepreneur way later in life that I was going to have this like consulting career and then become an entrepreneur (laughs) and go off into the sunset and retire. I never thought in my 20s that I would start a business. And lo and behold, right before I earned my PhD, I had, um, you know, KPC, which K Parks Consulting, I ended up incorporating Um, a few months later, but that's how it started. But what I did is I ran with that. Mm -hmm. I didn't just take that contract and run with just that one opportunity. I instead ran with it and, um, you know, learned so much over the years. Well, and I think when you say $50 million in in government contracts, um, you know, well, first let's, let's step back. Um, because I think there's a lot of myths around working with, with the government or that the purchasing system is just too complex or so tell us a little bit 
about some of your first experiences or what you would advise people? Yeah. I mean, when I first started out, I had no idea. I had literally no idea. I didn't know about. We love honest entrepreneurs here on this program. (laughs) I I didn't know about invoicing. I didn't know about sales. I didn't know anything. So number one is, this is what I share with everyone. You need to make sure you can have your bills paid. So if you're going to go the government route or any kind of entrepreneurial route, you need to make sure you can Mm -hmm. pay your bills or you, you take on a side hustle or you work at night from 7 PM to two in the morning, but you need to make sure your bills are paid. So I did that. I had some side gigs um, because one thing about the federal government is they always pay, but it can take 30 to maybe 90 days for you to receive your receivables once you receive some award or you subcontract for someone. Mm -hmm. Another big myth is that you have to have all this experience and you have to have all these certifications And that's the only way they're going to work with you, or you have to be a minority or a woman. I've heard the most ridiculous remarks made (laughs) and it's not about that. It's, it's no different than why we shop at the stores where we shop, because we're here to resolve a problem or to provide an innovative idea or product or solution. And if an agency, no different than a private sector client is interested and what you offer, and they they know that they can trust you, they have confidence in you, and they're not going to get in trouble <laughs> by working with you. They're going to want to work with you. So I learned that early on. So in the beginning, I provided a lot of training, and I would meet people. And before you knew it, I had training gigs with the Army Reserves. I never served in the military. I spoke for women's events for different military members. I flew to Germany to train all new leaders. And it was because of what I provided is I provided a certain style of training. Mm -hmm. I incorporated assessments and most importantly, the training transferred over. And that's the value add that I offered. Did I have any certifications when I started? No, I didn't have anything. I was a sole proprietor. So those are just a few myths that exist out there. Well, and tell us about GovCon. Yeah, GovCon is, you know, it's a nice little abbreviation for government contracting. And so what I have kind of done is added on to that because what I have found is it can be very confusing because there's, it's almost like when you go down the cereal aisle of the store if you've ever done that, especially in America, there are like, I feel like there's a thousand cereals, like cereals I didn't even know were like an option are options. And so that's what government contracting is like, like there's thousands of opportunities every day and it can be so overwhelming and it's so encompassing and there's agencies within agencies and secret agencies and top secret agencies. So, (laughs) you know, it's very like, whoa, like, what am I going to do with all this? Like, I just wanted cornflakes and you didn't know there's chocolate cornflakes and frosted cornflakes and low fat cornflakes and cinnamon. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is wild. So I really like to help those who are interested in government contracting really unpack so they learn how to find, bid, and win government contracts because it can be so confusing. So I really stepped out with GovCon winners, which is one of my newest endeavors to help small businesses in this space um, because it's 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 a lot. It's it's taking me 13 years to get to where I am. Well, and I think 
you know, as I said at the beginning, and I really mean it, we've got some wonderful entrepreneurs and business builders that we speak with, and they want to get products to market, and they don't really understand that maybe what they, that there could be a partnership or could be a need they could fulfill, or they could get somebody's attention in government. Um, and I know it's not only federal government, it's, it's also navigating local governments as well. Um, what, how do you, if you've given this wonderful analogy about all of these cereal boxes on, on the aisle and, and how you, you have this service that you're providing um, to help find, bid, and win government contracts. How do people, can you give a little bit more on how you sort through that? Because it is, it's, it's just, you know, we think of the government and it's just such a maze. It is such a maze. You know, the, the first thing I like to ask people is, you know, I like to ask what, which of these routes do you want to take? Mm-hmm. Because often people who kind of, ponder government contracting or end up in government contracting. They typically worked for the government. They were in the military or maybe family friend member worked for the government or they worked for a government contractor. That's kind of a group. Then you have this other group where they've been entrepreneurial. So maybe they service the state, maybe they service private sector, but they're way more entrepreneurial. So the question that I always ask is, what are you most interested in? Are you interested in the main thing or service or product Mm -hmm. that you claim the federal government is going to buy? Or are you interested in taking the entrepreneurial approach? So so the answer helps direct. Because if, if a person says, you know, and I've had this, somebody said that their background's accounting and they want to provide accounting services to the federal government. Well, what they're going to end up doing if they choose is provide mostly staffing services. And if the person says, well, I don't want to do that. Well, then I don't know what to tell you because the federal government's not raising their hand for outside accountants to provide services. But if you say, hey, I want to take the entrepreneurial approach, I'm interested in finding opportunities where I can win and not only win, but have a sizable profit, help me unpack that. Okay, now we can take a different approach. Are you interested in flipping hotel rooms because the government buys hotel rooms? So let's go there. Are you interested in selling scopes to control the hog population? Let's go there because the government buys that. They buy books. They also buy um, different types of positions. They pay by the positions by the hour. Like for instance, they um, procure... Um, pharmacy techs for bureaus of prison. So if, if a person says they want to take more of an entrepreneurial approach, then we mm-hmm. have different steps in place. So then they can find those opportunities because most don't bid on those. It's not sexy to say, oh, I sell books to the Bureau of Prisons. Like, woo, nobody cares, right? Well, Kizzy, I have a brand new book and I will sell it wherever they want to buy it. <laughs> well, I'm, hey, I'd like sell it to them. Please do. Cause they buy, you know, cause you think about it. Inmates read books. Where do they get the books? Yeah. Government contractors. So, um, so that's how I help people understand the approaches that they can take because it really boils down to what they want to do. So another example we staff religious positions. I had a Catholic youth coordinator and now have a Catholic parish team member in Hawaii. Wouldn't because why not? Guessed. Yeah, why not? Wouldn't have guessed. So let's, as you said, there's a, there is a lot 
uh, to unpack when you when you think about this. So, if somebody um, comes to you, is this a a a one on one piece where where you coach them? Is this kind of a a portion where they do they go through a program themselves? Tell us a little bit about how um, an entrepreneur or business owner can come out and get advice from you. Yeah, this right now is a group live coaching where we mm-hmm. meet a minimum of once a week and there's a different, there's a curriculum that we go through and that's where it is right now. There's opportunities for one-on-one coaching. We also offer business development services to those who are way more advanced. And for those that are just starting out, we can assist them with making sure they get things set up or they need some basics, like what's called a capability statement. We can help them with that too. But the main program for GovCon winners is um, group coaching live weekly. So let's go back to the myths about working with the government is because I always felt, and this could be a complete myth, that the lead time was very long. That, you know, by the time you figure out where you're going to put in your application or where you're going to put in your bid, um, and is it really just all across the board for how quickly or how long it could take to secure some of this work? It really varies. It really varies. So if it's a major project, like 10 million and higher, especially when we're talking a hundred million and more. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're, you're going to, there are companies that have a five-year plan for that. I like to go after the low hanging fruit and the low hanging fruit are opportunities where they want someone immediately, or they want the thing immediately, like hotel rooms, or, um, I know I have a colleague who staffs researchers and like Airbnb style housing that he found, (laughs) you know, but they need that immediately. And so it it varies. So for instance, they, the cycle of the federal government, it ends at the end of September. So throughout the year they're purchasing. And as you can as you can think, and, and just kind of just think about how we are as human beings, right? you know, it's somebody's birthday. And if you celebrate birthdays, sometimes you may wait until the night before the morning of, and you're like, oh my gosh, you got to get that gift. And that's how the federal government is no different than us, right? That, oh my gosh, we have all this money. We need to spend it. So they typically will spend it uh, July, August, September. And so it may be opportunities that, you know, are five years out, as I mentioned, or it could be opportunities where they're like, oh my gosh, you guys, we have a million dollars. What are we going to do with this? And that's happened. We landed a contract like that where they were like, I, we gave them a list of trainings and they're like, we want them all. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, so it really happens. And there are things that they're, they're going to want as needed depending on the political climate. So like, for instance, there was the recent change in administration. And so I've seen an uptick in like diversity, cultural uh, sensitivity training and COVID training. So they're looking to bring in someone at a lower level. It could be, you know, thousand dollars to a hundred thousand, who knows? And so something like that, there's going to be a quicker turnaround opposed to a $103 million opportunity. Yeah, no, and that that makes complete sense. If somebody just wants to dip their toe in the water and 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 find out more, where do they even go to look for some of these opportunities or or to just try and and see what is out there? 
beta.sam.gov. But I want to warn you, it's going to be overwhelming. <laughs> it's it's very much so like if somebody just dropped you in the middle of Amazon's biggest warehouse and they said, find some sunglasses and a backpack. And you're going to be like, whoa, where do I go? That's how it is because it's it's a very overwhelming website and they they recently updated it. However, you can dip your toe. You can go in the little search. You can drop down the menu and you can at least look at things. But you got to keep in mind there are hundreds and thousands of items there. And, and sometimes when the opportunity is on that portal, sometimes they know who they want, but not always. It really varies on the type of opportunity. No, good advice. And I, I but I do think it, it is worth people who are listening to, you know, just go poke around because part of being an entre- entrepreneur is, as you said, it, it's, it's seizing different opportunities and and educating yourself and maybe you decide that's not for me that's that's not the path but if there was something there for somebody it's it's it could be a new nice revenue stream for them um we have a few minutes left and and I want to kind of switch because we do have the opportunity of you know you being a leadership and organizational expert and so I'm wondering if you have any wisdom that you would share for business builders and entrepreneurs as they're going through the process? Because we always talk about the startup scale up um, and identifying the right partners, because clearly in what you've described to us, you're bringing in different partners on these different projects. So I know I just said a whole mouthful, Kizzy. That was great. But what kind of inspirational wisdom is in your gut today for the audience? You know, inspirational wisdom, I mean, as an entrepreneur, the humility is huge. You have to have the humility and just, you know, realize that you have clients, you have team members, employees, 1099 vendors who work for you. That whatever idea, whenever it came to fruition, there are these people who are like behind you. And you have to remember that. And you also have to keep in mind, no one's going to want, nor should you expect anyone to work as hard as you. It, it's, it's just going to build resentment. And you just have to realize you're the main person. If you're the entrepreneur or you're the founder, or you're the CEO, or maybe there's two of you, you have a 49-51 split. No one else is going to want to work as hard as you, but that's okay because that's why you started the firm. So it's okay. And then I would also add when it comes to partnerships is just, you know, be really not only aware, you know, people will say, oh, it's like marriage and dating. Okay. Yeah, it is. But you, you have to be very aware. And you, number two, you got to make sure you have some type of um, solid agreement in place. Um, you know, government contracting and how we partner, I feel like it's a little different than in, in any uh, um, other industries, mm-hmm. but it's very, very important to have those type of documents in place because they really help you because, you know, I've had things go sideways and if it weren't for those documents, then it would have cost way more in legal fees. Absolutely. And, and we talk all the time about when you are business building, you can't afford to make those kind of missteps or have those legal fees. And I, I think, you know, that piece of, of trust your partners and the people that you want to work with, but you have to verify. And I, I think your words couldn't be 
um, more relevant of having a solid agreement. And, you know, we talk about, you know, sometimes I, I think entrepreneurs, I, I talk a lot about their blind spots, you know, because you go into it because you're passionate or interested in a very specific thing. And there's nobody that knows, you know, every aspect of the entire business, um, with perfection. So you have to have the, these partners, but you need to understand if anything is, is the elements of a contract. And even if it's not a signed contract, all of those details need to be there. Um, so I think that's really great advice. Kizzy, I'm so glad you dropped in to speak with us today. How can people find out more? How can they reach you? Um, give us all your good details. Yes, definitely. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's You're going to see like Kizzy light bulb. You know, that's me. Because believe it or not, there are many people out there with my first name, Kizzy. So I don't want you to find the wrong Kizzy. (laughs) So Kizzy Parks on LinkedIn, you'll see the light bulbs. I'm also on Instagram, TikTok, Kizzy M Parks. I'm on Facebook. LinkedIn is the best way. DM me as well as you. I have a text community. You can join my text group. The number is 305-853-853. 9481. And I'll send you, if you're interested, a really cool document on seven myths, um, you know, to overcome with government contracting, uh, as well as I have a podcast that's, you know, it's kind of, it kind of makes you feel good. You learn a few things. It's called adult fluent and it's wherever you can listen to podcasts. So check it out. But please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I really sincerely am so passionate about helping people. And hopefully that comes through in my tone. So please, please, please reach out to me and just let me know that you heard me on the podcast. And I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much, Kizzy. And to our listeners, if Kizzy said something that you think somebody else needs to hear, please share this episode with them. If there is an innovative or disruptive entrepreneur or business builder that you think I need to speak with, send me a note at connect at alisonksummers.com. Until then, keep your eye on the future. Kizzy, thank you again. Thank you. This is awesome. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.